scripture comes from Psalms and from John. Psalms 91. You who live in the shelter of the highmost, who abide in the shadow of the Almighty, will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. For he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his pinions, and under his wing you will find refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and a buckler. You will not fear the terror of the night, or the arrow that flies by day, or the pestilence that stalks in darkness, or the destruction that wastes at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only look with your eyes and see the punishment of the wicked, because you have made the Lord your refuge, the Most High your dwelling place. No evil shall befall you, no scourge come near you your t- near your tent. For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. On their hands they will bear you up, so that you will not dash your foot against a stone. You will tread on the lion and the adder, the young lion and the serpent. You will trample underfoot. Those who love me, I will deliver. I will protect those who know my name. When they call to me, I will answer them. I will be, them, I will be with them in trouble. I will rescue them and honor them. With life long, I will satisfy them. And show them my salvation. And John chapter 12, verses 23 through 33. Jesus answered them, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Very truly I tell you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains just a single grain. But if it dies... It bears much fruit. Those who love their, lo- love their life lose their life. And those who hate their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Whoever serves me must follow me. And where I am, there will be my servant. There my servant will be also. Whoever serves me, the Father will honor. Verse 27. Now my soul is trouble, and what should I say? Father, save me from this hour. No, it is not, it is for this reason that I have come to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven. I have glorified it, and I will glorify it again. The crowd standing there heard it and said that it was thunder. Others said, An angel has spoken to him. Jesus answered, This voice has come for your sake, not for mine. Now is the judgment of this world. Now the ruler of this world will be driven out. And I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. He said this to indicate the kind of death he was to die. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. 
As you remember, those of you who have been coming for the last few weeks, we are in a series that we're calling Diversity. And our mega story or the story that we are actually kind of uh, reliving every Sunday during the month of June is the story of when, that, when Peter was up in chapter 10 of Acts. When Peter is up in this roof, he is kind of hungry and he's having this vision. He falls. The mantle comes down with all sorts of things that got created from animals to geographies to what are now called biomes. When I was in school, they were called environments. Now they're called biomes. And the hallway is full of those as you can see them on your way out. And we saw that God made all things of all kinds, and it was good. Let's say that again. And God made it of all kinds, and it was good. Then the second week, we saw all the different ways in which God nourishes us with the foods. And we discovered that people way out in China don't eat what we eat. But yet God nourishes them. People in Indonesia and some tribes in India, they made some insects that we may not really feel comfortable about, but it nourishes them. But we also learn that God nourishes our soul with the creation that he's given us with fellowship and friends and colors and, and the arts. But he also nourishes our spirit through word, fellowship, and spirit. Today I want to talk about another kind of diversity. Another kind of diversity that, that really touches our lives in different ways. I want to ask you, how many of you have a toilet that you can actually push a little chain or a little thing and there's flowing water? Hands? Come on. Okay. Guess what? We are very privileged because having flowing water out of a specific water closet, as it's called in somewhere else, out of a bathroom... Only 5% of the globe's population have the privilege of having a toilet in the same roof, roof under which they sleep. Only 5%. Live like you and I with that ability to... Notice that I'm not using the microphone because one day I took it back and I went to the bathroom. No, it didn't happen here. It happened somewhere else. <laughs> You see, but dwellings, from the dwellings of the refugee homes, which you have some here in Turkey, the dwellings of those who live in huts, from the dwellings of those who actually live in the palaces and mansions, from the average three-bedroom, two-bath house, to the trailer home, to the tent, to the teepee. All of them are dwellings. There's even a a tribe in southern India that, that wherever they are caught, wherever the sun sets, that's home for them. You and I would probably call them homeless people. But they don't consider themselves that way. For generation after generation, they carry their belongings with them. And wherever the sun sets, that's where it's home for them. I am reminded, as Matthew also mentioned in chapter 8, verse 20, it's talking about Jesus saying, The foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests. But the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Jesus was homeless during his ministry. Oh, he grew up in a home with his father and mother. Daddy kind of disappeared after a while. We don't know what happened. But he grew up in a home. But while Jesus was in ministry, Jesus did not have a place to lay down his own head. However, this same Jesus has made it available in creation for every animal to have a place of dwelling. 
from the foxhole, as is mentioned in Scripture, to the tree branch, to the cave, to just living under the leaf. Every species has a dwelling. Every species has a home. In creativity, uh, uh, remember that the fingerprint that we talked about of God's creativity in us. As we put foods together, and, and of course today we have the, the distinct uh, uh, blessing to have Rebecca Blackwell with us, our, our mission coordinator. And Rebecca was telling them that yes, we have this fingerprint in our life to create things. And last week I mentioned that there's a diploma in my office that says that I have a Masters of Divinity. And somebody gave me last Sunday a great Divinity bar candy. And I told them that that's what I was good at, that I could make that dessert. That diploma says, I can mark divinity candy. I can make it. Um, so we have that creativity. So even animals build their own houses. The woodpecker pecks until he makes a little hole. How many kinds of nests? If we just look at the species of birds and all the kinds of birds that there are, how many of them nest in trees? Some nest in woods. Some nest on rocks. Some nest in, in, in follows and holes in the, in the soil. And some nest right up in the sun like the penguins. A variety of dwellings and a variety of, of settings where they feel safe, they feel secure. They have this sense of security, a sense of belonging, a sense of protection, a sense that we are under a roof, no matter how simple it may be. It could be like the little roof here of a shanty house in the outskirts of the big cities in Latin America. Or it could just be a little wooden thing put together, as I have seen, in the country woods of Georgia. It could even be just a metal roof from a trailer home that we have. But we create that place and we call it home. And for some reason, no matter as, as the weather will deal with it, we still have a sense of security. We still have a sense of belonging. We still have a sense of protection. Though we may be fooling ourselves. God has given us that ability to create housing, to create the variety from the skyscrapers in front of, of South Beach in Florida to the skyscrapers in New York to the beautiful farmhouses that we enjoy in the South and plantation homes. Beautiful places of dwelling. But guess what? It's all temporary. I love this wonderful TV show in history too. It's called The Underworld. And it takes you to the ancient cities like Rome. And it takes you to Athens. It takes you to Istanbul. It takes you down to the cities in Cusco. And we see how the people lived below the modern cities. How they lived in those cities are now but in ruins. And they are in some strata way below. Down there in the archaeological record. So no matter how much mortgage we pay, no matter how much we dedicate to our homes, it is a temporary dwelling. It is a temporary place. It is only for a while that we are there. And that is okay. And there is no problem. This reminds me of, of how people really think that they are who they are according to where they live. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I get that impression. You see, I live in a gated community. And there is another neighborhood down the hill that doesn't have the gate. So as I tell people how to get to my address, I live in the nicer place. <laughs> Not down the hill. I live up on the hill. You've heard that. But what am I doing? 
I'm actually distinguishing myself from those that I consider less than myself. But guess what? The same people that live downstairs live up here. I hear them at night. All the same domestic squabbles that happen down the hill happen up in the hill. Yeah. The same teenager not coming home at time happens down the hill and happens up in the hill. The same struggles that husbands and wives have, their families have, they happen no matter where you live. They may be amplified because of your circumstances. But you know what? Dwellings, houses, casas, mansions, niumbas, niumbanis, in Swahili, as we call them, right? All those places, all they do is they give us a sense of security, a sense of calmness. But it's temporary, we know that. Oh, that we learn to live and be always with the Lord. Oh, that we always be in the presence of the Lord. Like the psalmist cries out in several psalms. In 84 chapter 4, the psalmist writes, Oh, a thousand days are better in your presence than a day in this earth. Oh, may I live in the courts of your presence forever. 27th psalm. And as we read in our Old Testament scripture, you who live in the shelter of the Most High, who abide in the shadows, in the dwellings of the Almighty, you will say to the Lord, my refuge, my fortress, my house, my dwelling place, where I have real peace, where I have real assurance. Oh, that we yearn to dwell more in the presence of God instead of our 32 Houses with our two-point stuff garage. And now I do know that many of us have more stuff in rental spaces, right? Well, the fastest industry. You want to join and get in one rental space? Oh, that we be desiring to live in God's presence. My dear sister and my dear brother, to dwell in the presence of God is nothing more than to become a committed disciple of Jesus Christ. It is to learn the life with Jesus. It is to learn to live God's way. It is really to just be a disciple. And it is in that journey of discipleship that we realize that all that stuff is temporary. Because as the gospel reminded us, that those that... Take care of our lives. Those who, of us who worry much of our lives, we will lose it. I call that this logic of the spirit. That those who take care of much of life, we will die. That if you take care of, of, of your food only, you will miss out in other things that God has for us. Oh, that we practice and dwell in Christ to live the life of the kingdom of God, no matter where we're at. Because just as Jesus experienced in that tribe from southern India that just considers home wherever they're at, that should be our goal. Our goal is not really the house in the suburbs or the nice townhouse in the city or the great condo by the beach. But it should be our dwelling with God day in and day night. It should be our wanting to be with Jesus day in and day out. It is for the Lord to be with us seven days a week, 24 hours a day. 365 days a year, including leap year. It is to dwell in the presence 
Because you have made the Lord your dwelling and your refuge, the most high your dwelling place. No evil shall befall you, no scourge come near you or your tent. May we learn to walk in that way. May may we learn to walk in such a way that wherever we're at, we realize we are in the kingdom of God. That we are like Jesus everywhere we go. That Jesus dwelling in us, the spirit dwelling in us, empowers us to give that smile, to reach that hand. I know about, what's the name of that lady that a whole bunch of you have been helping throughout the week because her air condition died? What's her name? La, La, La Tonga? Well, what's the name of the person? We can't say the name. Louise. Louise. But let me tell you what's happened this week. Some of you might not know it. I've been seeing all the flurries of emails go back and forth as we found out that there was a, a lady who didn't have an air conditioner in this heat, and we moved and we started helping. And somebody offered the house until the thing was fixed. Somebody started doing quotes to get, you know, to, to help the, the lady get some quotes to fix the AC. And I don't know what happened. Eventually, is she okay? Her family stepped in. But her family in the Lord stepped in first. Her family in the Lord stepped in first. That's the kingdom. That's living the kingdom life. And my sister, those who love their life, Jesus says, will lose it. And those who hate their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. And Jesus also said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all people unto me. What an amazing story. The image I have is Jesus being lifted up because the the writer of John tells us that he said this uh, of uh, describing the manner by which Jesus was going to die. If I be lifted up and that cross was lifted up with Jesus on it, I will draw all peoples unto me. Can you imagine as that great central cross was lifted, a tent was lifted also. A huge tent was lifted and was held by that cross where you and I can fit in that tent. Where the people from the north and the south, the east and the west, where the Hispanics, Latinos, the Africans, African-American nations, Anglo-Europeans and those who are all mixed like myself can come together if I be lifted up and we can live in that kingdom We can live in that tent of love, of patience, of kindness with one another, of forgiveness and restoration. If I be lifted up, I will draw all peoples to me. Let us pray. Dear God, I thank you that your word has been proclaimed and that your spirit has moved in the hearts of my sisters and brothers. I ask you now, in this silence, to speak to them. Speak in such a way that we can listen. That no matter what place we are in life, no matter what season we're experiencing, no matter what situation we're in, no matter what challenges our our stage in life brings to us, that we can Dwell in your presence, and you promise to dwell with us. 
May each of us embrace that reality for that one space that we are lonely, that we are fearful, that we are insecure, and bring your light of hope, who is Jesus Christ our Lord, to it. Amen and amen.